0: Greetings and welcome. Welcome and greetings to the Reaching Father podcast. I'm your host, Osa, and today we're going right in. We're talking about sins of the Father. Now, before we get into that, I wanna share a quote from a song called Keep Your Head Up by Tupac Shakur. The line goes, since we all came from a woman, got our name from a woman and that came from a woman. Wonder why we take from a woman? Why we scrape our women? Do we hate our women? I Think it's time to kill for women, time to heal our women, be real to our women. Cause if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies and make the babies. So will the real men get up? No, you fed up ladies, keep your head up. Now, the reason why I chose that song is not only because those lyrics were really profound to me and almost prophetic but it's also an approach to life that I've taken regarding women and my treatment of women. And it's gonna deal a lot with the topic at hand with the sins of the father and how it's affected these women. Cause we can't talk about the sins of the father without talking about the effects that it's had on the women. So before we get into that, I just wanna tell a short little story. Um, I remember during the summer of, 2020, when protests erupted all over the country, almost every major city was on fire. Myself and um, a couple of my guys up in Baltimore, we wanted to ensure that, you know, protests were happening and that people were able to do so safely. And so we didn't go out there in Baltimore to protest. However, we were there to make sure that things didn't get out of hand. I think Baltimore was a city unique in that one, it was the only major city that probably didn't go up in flames in the summer of 2020. And however, part of the reason was that because a lot of the citizens were against that idea because they had seen what happened with the Freddie Gray riots and it's not cute. It wasn't cute what happened. And so a lot more of the residents in the Baltimore area uh, were inclined to defer things from getting out of hand. And so there was a lot of support for that, uh, for people to protest peacefully without things getting out of hand. Now you know who else was trying to do the same thing in their city during that same summer? Well, it was Kyle Rittenhouse.
1: Man, honestly, I ain't gonna fake like I got all the answers, cause if I did, the world would be in a better place. You know, I know one thing, though, is that I know a lot more than when I started this journey. And most of what I know about fatherhood, it's organic, it's instinctual, you know, and I believe some of it's from the outside, but a lot of it comes from within. And it seems like you can only reach those levels by actually doing it. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad I ain't been sitting around on the sidelines, because this just takes work, man. It's just a matter of putting it in. And it's not easy. We may never do it right, but that's just what we got to do as men, as fathers, as parents, as, as citizens of the community. That's just what I believe. And to me, that's what it is. I mean, we'll never be perfect, but we can always keep reaching father. I shake my head and look around, it's sad, sad. You should know the black dad ain't a bad dad, but it's too many in a crisis like Sudan. Let me be transparent like a glad bag. I seen too many men denied, yeah, it's that bad.
0: All right, yeah, so that's our theme song here at the Reaching Father podcast. Again, you can check it out on Bandcamp. Bandcamp.com, Reach & Father, you can just search it up really easily, or the link will be somewhere around this show, wherever you're listening to it. Um, I'll link to it so that you can check it out on Bandcamp. Also, if you feel inclined to support the podcast, you can do so via Bandcamp, and I highly encourage it, uh, because we're trying to get this word out, we're trying to get this message out. Now, one of the songs, uh, or, or one of the lines in the theme song, it goes, I've seen too many men denied. Yes, that' bad. But what do I know? A good dad is all I ever had, and I think that that's very vital to me. That line's very vital to me because, you know, despite seeing the struggles of of my friend around me, my friends around me, and just people that I know, I mean, it's kind of like I still don't know what it's like to not have a father or to have a really a strange relationship with my father. And so I think that's been critical for me in my life and balance. And so I can't really speak to certain things about sins of the father. And so I'm not here to really speak to like absentee fathers and in those situations because I don't, I don't feel like I know enough to speak effectively uh, to those issues. Although I'm learning a lot and I'm learning a lot about the implications. I remember One time on Father's Day, I I was giving my my father props, you know, it's like, like, you know, thanks dad, like, I really appreciate you, you know, giving him that spiel and he started to like express some of his regrets and I cut him off. I was like, no, nah, you did a good job because I've seen so much of what it could be like without a father around that I've seen what it's like for other people. And so, you know, no father is perfect, you know, my father isn't perfect, but that doesn't stop him, that's never stopped him from being a great father and doing the best that he can. And I think that that's as far as that we can expect for fathers is for us to be able to do the best that we can. We're probably always gonna have regrets. We could have always done something better and we're gonna feel that, but for my father and what he's provided for me in my life, you know, I'm truly, truly forever grateful. And so for the fathers who, who weren't around, I feel like I've got first and secondhand experience with the sins of those fathers. I say secondhand experience for a lot of the friends and particularly like the men that I grew up with or grew up around who didn't have a father and seeing the negative impacts that it had on their lives. Um, even if it wasn't physically present or, or very obvious on the outside, I can still feel some of the emotional turmoil that that's caused. And, and so by extension, I feel like I've got like secondhand um, Experience with with those sins or in, in the results of those sins, I would say some of it has become firsthand with some of the women that I've been in relationships with, whether romantically or, or even friendships, um, and seeing how that negative impact on them has directly has an impact on me, how they view me, because uh, a child, a woman in particular, but I would presume all children, uh, their first knowledge of a man is through their father. And so whether he's there or not, definitely has direct implications on that child. Man, it doesn't have to necessarily be a good or bad thing, but there are definitely consequences and repercussions. And so dealing with that, I think a lot has shaped me in certain ways, and that's kind of what I want to do to address these issues moving forward. Now, there's this premise, there's this thing that a lot of people say, like in the community, like what do we need? It's often along the lines of, we need more fathers. I don't necessarily think that that's true. In my honest opinion, I don't think that we necessarily need more fathers because if we look at some of the more popular examples of people or black men in the community, who were fathers i i wouldn't say that they're necessarily the type of fathers that we need just because you're a father that doesn't make you any type of asset to the community inherently i think there's additional things to fathers that we need as well Um, i think you know without very much doubt i think that one of the most notable fathers that we've seen in, in recent history is George Floyd. Now we didn't, we don't know much about him as a father. We hardly know anything, but we know that he's a father. The other thing that we do know is are the things that are around um, his death, which was unfortunate, right? No matter how you cut the how you cut the pie, it's very unfortunate. However, the thing that's important to me is that he was in the middle of doing some things that I would tell my son not to be caught doing. You don't want to be caught dead doing those things, pun intended. I mean, you know, some of us may or may not know that George Floyd was in a convenience store trying to use a counterfeit $20 bill and yeah, multiple times. And then police were called on him. And when they found him, he was high. He didn't want to sit in the car. Like, I mean, you know, there was drugs involved. He was high on a lot of drugs and then the unfortunate thing happened when the police kneeled on his neck and you know that's how he passed away again it was really really unfortunate however the thing the takeaway that i have from that isn't that you know all cops are trying to kill people and nor is that what i'm gonna tell my son because what i tell my son personally is that the things that happened around george floyd's death are the things that you don't want to be caught up doing you don't want to do things or bring things into your life that's going to bring negative attention to you whether it's from the police whether it's from just other citizens around i think that there should be more emphasis on uh, the character traits and you know we talk about when people bring up the things in george floyd's past about you know multiple jail stints and multiple drug crimes and you know, uh, a home invasion on a pregnant woman and sticking a gun to her stomach. When we talk about these things, people emotionally get upset, understandably, and suggest that, one, they suggest that his past shouldn't be used against him, which it shouldn't necessarily, but if his past coincides with his present, then we have to look at that and assess what kind of character this is. I mean, I know George Floyd's, metaphorically, I know George Floyd's, I live around George Floyd's, are they heroes in my neighborhood? No. Are they going to change their lives at 40 something years old doing the same old things? Probably not. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's more important to look at. And when you look at one's legacy, it's kind of what they left behind. If someone leaves a legacy behind of crime and criminality, I don't think that that's something that we should look up to. It, or excuse, and even worse, we definitely shouldn't be telling our sons that, like, that's okay. You know, we say that, well, just because he did X, Y, and Z, that doesn't mean that he deserves to die, which I think is a good, you know, attempt at moral posturing and trying to, like, feel good about oneself. But I think that's kind of a mute point if you're not really willing to talk about, well, then who does deserve to die? I just. We're not really having those conversations because you can say all of this about, he didn't deserve to die, but I'm not sure what the pregnant woman who got the gun stuck in her stomach would say to that. Like, I don't know either way, but we don't really have those conversations. There was a real victim of the crimes that he, there's real victims of some of the crimes that this man committed. And again, He's a father and the past doesn't really matter again i'm gonna say this again this past doesn't matter as much as his legacy i look up to malcolm x right i've always looked up to malcolm x he had a past no one holds that against him none of the people that i know who you know look up to malcolm X, they no, i don't hold that against him. they all know it we all know it yeah he had a past he did this and he did that detroit red Blah, 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 blah. But that's not nearly important because he he actually turned his life around. He actually left a legacy. If anything, his past is proof that he turned his life around. And again, it does matter and it does become more important. And that's something that we could be we could be proud of. And, you know, I get it with George Floyd. What happened was unfortunate and it becomes a really good excuse, a really good excuse to be more and more angry about the things that white people have done to us in this country. And I get it and I understand, I mean, trust me, I understand as much as anybody that there's plenty of reason to be mad about what has happened in the past in this country and race relations, X, Y, and Z. I wonder though, what would happen as a people if we got out of our feelings about what we feel about white people and got into our feelings about what we feel for black people because i think there's like a weird disparity uh, between those things and we just love talking about white people and kind of what they did to us and how much they've hurt us and how much pain that they've caused in our community and i understand that but we're going to talk about these white people then you know let's talk about them let's talk about kyle rittenhouse for a second now Kyle Rittenhouse was known as this shooter of people at at a protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He shot three people and killed two of them. Now, unbeknownst to a lot of people, is that the reason why he was there was not to kill people or even hurt people, was actually to help people. Out of his own mouth, uh, through his own interviews, which you can look up for yourself, he says that he was there to support the the rights of people to protest peacefully. When I heard him say that, I resonated with him. Immediately, he was there not only with his AR-15, which was legal in a state like that, he was also there with first aid kits. Now, this 17-year-old man was responsible enough to, one, probably no first aid and CPR, two, to handle a gun the way that he did, and three, to be called on by other businesses in the area to to support them. Now, if you ask me, that's pretty remarkable for a 17-year-old to be even invited to do those things or even to have a a heart and desire to do those things. I mean, I think about my son who, who ain't ready bus off no AR-15. However, I think about my son and his school. And I remember one year he, he campaigned for them to have a Heroes day, you know, and this Heroes day, you know, was to acknowledge uh, the heroes in the community and the heroes within ourselves. And, and, and just, he, I mean, he petitioned the school and, you know, they had a day for that. You know, this idea of being a hero, I think is, is important, like a good guy. Um, and, and the emphasis on that, I think it gets lost a lot of times, but this is this is what was happening. This is what Kyle Rittenhouse went down there to do. Now, unfortunately, while he was down there, uh, things got crazy. He was attacked violently multiple times by at least three different people. He was able to logically control himself and, and think in that situation, and he only shot the three people who were trying to viciously harm him which i respect like i respect the shooter i mean he had enough control and he had enough discipline to really only fire a couple of shots and hit the people who actually were doing harm to him um i live in a community where 17 year olds shoot up entire blocks they might hit their target and often usually hit innocent people that had nothing to do with anything so salute the kyle rittenhouse for being able to control himself and being able to handle himself uh, with such discipline and accuracy the really tough part of the situation for me is not you know, who he killed or what he was doing there and all that stuff. It's the fact that he was able to conduct himself in such a way and be such a responsible young man. And yet the mainstream media called him a white supremacist with zero evidence. President of the United States of America even referred to him as a white supremacist with zero evidence. And people ran with this and nobody took the time to actually look into the details or look into the character of him. And when I saw him speak, I mean, you know, you can't assume but so much from like an interview, but I mean, you can tell a decent young man when you see one, I think I can, you know, at this point in my life, I can tell. He seems like a pretty decent young man, and he seems like he had decent intentions, and he had a lot of the same intentions that I, that I was trying to do with this in my city. We talk about, well, him crossing state lines. I, I didn't even know why that is such a big deal, but from his own account, from his own mouth, the, the reason why he crossed state lines is because, well, that's where his father lived, so he didn't just go there for no reason, it was, this is where his father lived. My son crosses state lines all the time to visit me and come spend time with me. So I don't really see a problem with that. I cross state lines all the time. I live in Washington, D.C., which means that I'm going to Virginia, and Maryland, and back to D.C., sometimes in the same, all in the same day. But, all right. Crossing state lines, I mean, big deal, right? So let's talk about it then. Why was he crossing state lines? It was to attend the protest for Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. <laughs> Another one who's been you know, exalted and, and that, that name has been tossed around a lot and put into mainstream media because Jacob Blake, um, was shot seven times or some amount of times in the back by police officers, which again, a lot of people thought was unfair and, and made a big fuss about, right? That's why they were even protesting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, when we talk about crossing state lines, um, Jacob Blake crossed state lines uh, against a court order uh, that a woman, his child's mother had against him. He wasn't, even, he wasn't even allowed. It's not like he just crossed state lines. It's like he wasn't even allowed In that city because of obviously some type of foul act that he committed to this woman so not only did he just violate the law just by being there like he really violated the law he broke the law already just by being there Uh, he also was assaulting the mother of his children then after you know so she called the police rightfully so in my opinion she called the police the police show up he fights them off he beats them off he beats them up pretty much he's got a knife and he tries to reach into his car to either put it down i mean then he got shot again it's unfortunate um you don't want to see nobody get shot but i mean like he was there physically and sexually assaulting a woman i don't know what the consequences people think should be for that but for me personally doing those things to a woman and getting shot seven times it's par for course i'm gonna leave it at that uh again the other thing the other thing i i want to point out again is that this is another father okay And I think the same summer, I believe, or the same, same year. The the timing doesn't even really matter, but it's just another name that we brought to the light another black man. that we brought to the light, which is Richard Brooks, and he was killed. um, I think it was Wendy's in the Wendy's parking lot. He was shot in the back a a few times um, after an encounter with police. And again, this has been used to say that Police are just out here killing us, and they're just out of control, just shooting us all willy nilly. Um, and some people may or may not know this, I'll just go through this briefly, um, just some of the facts. And again, my intention here isn't to be accurate about all the specifics of the criminal behavior because it, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. I'm talking about principle here. and. You know, the principles are much bigger than the specifics um, of what exactly happened. However, I know some of the basics. Um, Char Books was pissy drunk and he fell asleep in a Wendy's drive through Police were called when they arrived. They, you know, got him to pull out of the spot and, you know, they, they talked to him. They talked to him for at least like 30-something minutes. Um, I've had a few interactions with police in my life. And usually I can tell if the police officer is going to be a jerk. I can usually tell within 30 seconds. 30 minutes is a very long time for a cop to just be talking with you and just having casual conversations. And so after a while, they realized how drunk he was because he was incoherent and they barely knew where he was and just was in absolutely no condition to drive. I'm sure they figured that out in five to 10 minutes. But okay, 30 minutes later, they're still talking to him. And then when they decide, hey, look, we just we can't let you go because you're you're way beyond the legal limit uh, for alcohol in your system. And he's just clearly inebriated. So they begin to put him under arrest. And that's when he broke free, beat up the cops, took one of their stun guns, shot at the cop with his stun gun. And, tried to break away, and then then he got shot in the back. Um, this is unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. The other unfortunate thing was that this man, in his life, and the things that he's done, he's, he's had a bit of a past as well, unfortunately. And that past included things like battery and cruelty to children. And again, this is another father. Do we need more of these type of fathers in the community committing these type of sins? And you can define sin however you want. I'm, I'm using that kind of loosely. It's not like meant to be religious or anything. However, I think if there is some type of imagery in your head when you think of sins, I think we can, many of us can understand that it's just undesirable things that happen so is this what we need more of do we need more of these characters and and i'm i'm befuddled and that's if i'm using that word correctly my mind is just blown that we also stand up for these men and we promote these men and we pedestalize these, pedestalize these men these aren't the type of men that I, I, one, they're not like me, it's not the type of man I am, nor is it the type of man that I would encourage my son to be like. And it's just really strange to me to see these things happen to these men in these situations, in these circumstances, and then a bunch of people go out and protest for these men, and hold marches for these men. It's just really strange to me because one, I'm not like these men. I wouldn't even do what these men, well, I mean, if I did, I wouldn't expect nobody to feel sorry for me. If I decided that's how I wanted to go out. Some dudes just want to go out like that. Some dudes that they, they just want to go out in the blaze of glory. <laughs> That'll make them victims. A man is accountable for himself and his actions. It's only us who we follow up and and then we, you know, we're like, We feel all sorry for these guys. It must be nice. This country is really, really nice to us, if that's the case. This country isn't mean to us. If we can do that, if we can invite negative things into our lives, and then when the negative consequences of the negative things that we do happen to us, we get to cry and then this whole country will protest. Mind you, this whole country was on fire in 2020, the United States of America many of the major cities are burning on fire because we're protesting this thing that happens to us not all of us but this mysterious group of black men that this is happening to and once i started looking looking into this i mean i realized that like a lot of these guys are criminals you know before 2020 i never really cared i've never seen no police video and stuff like that and watching black people get beat up and like I didn't sit there for nine minutes or whatever and watch a black man get suffocated to death like none of that is really in my interest however the truth is in my interest and so I've looked some of these things up and truthfully you know yeah these aren't the type of guys who I would vouch for at all In no way, not me I'm just not the one because these are These are the type of men who are committing these sins of the father. And then we have to pay for it. Particularly me. I'm not concerned about the rest of y'all. I'm concerned about me because I'd be having to pay for it. I got to deal with this. And it is is what it is. I accept it. I accept that I have to deal with this. I accept that amongst my my fellow brothers and what they're dealing with. And I accept that from the sisters, from the women. That I got to be responsible. I got to pay for the sins of other fathers not necessarily of my own and that's a tall order especially when you're not doing these things especially when you're not doing these things to children and and or women which i think is completely unacceptable so when we start going to protest for these people and then we start talking about you know criminal justice and overcrowded prisons and let these people out of jail and no bail and lighter sentences it just blows my mind Because then on a personal level, again, I don't know who these people are vouching for these criminals, because on a personal level, then I I have to deal with sisters, right? And they talk to me about all these men that are doing these heinous crimes to them. And no longer will I pretend like, well, it's not all of us. I live in a bubble, so I really don't know. Women know. Women know how many of these guys are actually like this. They date them. They procreate with them. They're their brothers, they're their uncles. So I got to actually accept the fact that maybe their thoughts and opinions are more valid than mine. So I'm gonna accept it and fine, then let's talk about it. We don't wanna talk about it, but I do because I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of hearing about it and it must be so prevalent that it needs to be addressed, which is why I wanna talk about these things. And last but not least, I'm talking about criminals. i can talk about y'all man, Ahmaud Arbery, right? And, you know, a lot of people still think that he got shot for jogging innocently in the neighborhood. It's really weird that people can still think that. And if you've got leaders in the community that are still perpetuating this idea, you we're in some serious trouble because that means none of them did the research. Or if they did the research, they don't care. But I feel like with some of these issues, the Black delegation should have got together. These intelligent Black people should have got together and said, well, you know what? Yeah, we ain't got time to worry about this. But y'all want to worry about it. So let's talk about it. This man who was allegedly uh, jogging um, was killed by a father-son duo. There was a third guy in there who was who was held culpable as well but I want to talk about the father and son the McMichaels right uh, I think it's Gregory and uh, Travis McMichaels these men after you know witnessing multiple times uh, Ahmaud Aubrey going in and out of uh, unfinished construction projects in their neighborhood, um, you know, and also things were missing around the neighborhood. Also, they had attempted to uh, get the police involved, um, so they had kind of multiple interactions with this guy in this one unfortunate day, where this man Ahmad Aubrey was sneaking through some house in the neighborhood, maybe some unfinished construction site in the neighborhood. The McMichaels, the McMichaels decided to go after him to conduct a citizen's arrest. Things went wrong and Ahmaud Arbery ended up getting shot. Now, a lot of people, especially in the communities that want to fight for justice for criminals, um, they seem to believe this idea that the McMichaels just went on some tirade to go and try to shoot him because they chased him in a car and they were trying to get him. Now, mind you, again, I respect the shooters. So based on the video that I saw, if they really just wanted to shoot him, they could have done it way before he got that close. From my vantage point, it looks like this man, Ahmaud Arbery, forced their hand shoot him because he didn't run away which he had time and space to do he could have ran this way could have ran that way could have ran the other way but he chose to run straight into the person with the gun now i haven't been held at gunpoint that many times in my life but the last thing i would do is run towards somebody with a gun and dive on them and assault them that's usually i don't just I don't like to assault people, but the last type of person I would assault is somebody who has a gun, a big gun, a shotgun at that, or a rifle, whatever you have. And so because the McMichaels saw a problem in their community, they went to address it. They didn't, all right, they didn't do it perfectly, but they went to address the issue in their community. Now these guys got life sentences And somehow we think that that's fair. Yeah, see, I'm not really that big on all the racial stuff as much as I am on principles. Because if it was my neighborhood and the neighborhood where my children were playing and there's just some riffraff running through there, I wouldn't want them there either. And if after contacting the police and trying to do it the right way, after doing all of that, nothing happens, and I still see this dude in my neighborhood. I would like to be around the type of men that would go deal with that issue in whatever way you know is necessary. I mean, again, Malcolm X finding me is necessary. That's just me though, and not everybody has to be like that. However, I think that some of the women that I know would agree that they would prefer men around in the neighborhood that would go do something about some of the issues that are happening around them or directly to them and I think that's more important than our emotions about how we feel because they're white and he's black and he was a jogger and like all that stuff is like it good it's good for the emotion and it, it appeals to the emotion but, the idea that a father and son would go together to try and protect their neighborhood and protect the honor of their neighborhood and the dignity of the neighborhood and protect the place that their children play at i think is a respectable thing and i think that's an honorable thing and you know again yeah they got life in prison and there's dudes who do way worse and feel way more innocent people and they're walking around on the streets so there's a disparity going on somewhere but this is how i feel about that and you know i it's kind of a weird situation right because those guys who commit more heinous crimes and who are walking on the streets happen to be the sons and Loved ones of black women, which is probably why them, alongside of these so called liberals, have promoted these ideas of getting them out of jail and lighter sentences. It affects all of the criminals. So, the lighter sentences, they're not just giving them to the drug offenders, they're giving them to the people who commit crimes against women, they're giving them to the murderers, they're giving them to, you know who knows all type of all type of criminals and so it's kind of interesting when people say when i hear brothers say black women don't love us and that (laughs) look at what they're willing to do look at how hard they're willing to go to defend us even when we're not all the way right even when we're not perfect i think that speaks a lot I, I, i i give them credit i give the sisters credit how hard they're willing to go for us because y'all know we ain't out there at these protests. Nobody I know is out there. You know, the brothers I know, they got parole, they got pending cases, prior cases, stead agreements. Ain't nobody going to protest. <laughs> but the sisters is out there. It's, I don't know who these sisters are, cause but whatever, whoever they are, the privileged sisters, I don't know who, I don't know who they are. Whoever they are, they're making things happen. Because they got positions all in this country. A lot of Top positions in a lot of cities, you know, major cities, they're held by Black women. Black men too, but they kind of just have to go along with stuff. Black women are wielding lots of power in these places. DAs, their council people, uh, city mayors, like DC, you know, the capital of this racist country, the Black woman mayor, it's very ironic. Very ironic. And she's she's made a lot of changes in support of these ideas. You know, she hasn't gone too far yet, but it's getting close. <laughs> it's getting close. Anyway, um, black women love us and I love black women. So that's why I'm making this. That's why I'm talking about this because this is what y'all want to talk about. Behind closed doors. In public, maybe y'all got a different tune, but behind closed doors, this is what y'all want to talk about. So, I'm gonna talk about these fools. I'm gonna talk about these niggas, man, because these are the ain't shit niggas that y'all always talking about, right? Okay. Well, we can't do both. We can't, yeah, I don't think it makes sense to do both. You know what we say, talking out both sides of your neck. Can't be talking about these niggas is killing you and then be be mad because the police are killing them. Because they're not killing all of us, they're not killing me. They're not harassing me. Ask my son how many times we've been pulled over in his life. He rides with me all the time. We're in the car all the time. But there are some black men out here that are causing serious problems. And I'm okay with whatever we need to do to get them out of your way, sister, because I love you. All right, that's enough. Let me stop because I'm going to start you know, sweet and sentimental with the sisters. Y'all know I love the sisters, y'all know I love y'all. I love y'all too. But uh, I just want to kind of close with this last piece, right? This last part is, um, it's an interesting thing that that we tend to do, right? Uh, uh, I guess black people, whoever, man, we're always focused on kind of academics and how things aren't fair academically for us and academic achievements. going to colleges, and getting degrees, at high, high, high rates, higher rates than ever, probably. In addition to that, though, there's also focus on the requirements for what is considered academic success, right? And there's talk about standardized testing and how that's biased for us. and you know, SAT scores and how it's culturally biased and it works against people of color, which could be true. However, there's people from other countries that come here, don't even speak English and they they seem to be dominating. And, you know, some people talk about differences in IQ between the races, and I don't know a whole lot about that stuff. However, what I do believe is that our IQ as black people, shouldn't be measured in the academics, because one, we didn't really invent that field, like so to try and meet a standard that one we didn't create, nor does it match who we are. It's 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 almost a lose lose from the jump. Now, I believe in merit. I believe in merit. So, I mean, yeah, if there, are, if there are Black students who can get the same 1600 or 1500 on the SAT as the Asian kid and, and, and the same grades, and then, yeah, they should both be competitive with each other. I don't think it's fair that a Black student who gets way lower on the SAT uh, should be bumped up in line and, and the Asian kid who gets higher on the SAT should have to wait, wait in line because they meet the merits. The Asian kid meets the merits. The, the black kid may not meet the merit, but still gets preferential treatment. Yeesh. Sounds a little bit unfair, if you ask me. There's another word I can use to describe that, but I won't. I'll save that for later. Um, anyway, my point being that maybe that just may not be our thing, right? If we need so much, help on the test. If we need such a big curve, maybe it's just not our, our thing. So then what might be our thing? My guess, my theory, is that our intelligence uh, is more spiritual. I think that Black people have a high, high spiritual intelligence, potentially, if we focus on it more. I don't think we focus on it enough, which is, which is my point. And the challenge in focusing on spiritual intelligence is that there's it's it's not quantifiable. It's hard to quantify spiritual intelligence, but we can qualify. it. I think that it can be qualified through measurements of good character. Right. Integrity, honesty, things of that nature. And we, we can go down the list and focusing on these things, humility, right, that would push us to do the things that we, uh, we can we can do and push us closer to our potential. I believe that uh, spiritual intelligence permeates into every other aspect of your life. I think all aspects of our life are spiritual. And if we've been taken away from our spiritual nature or our true spiritual origins, well then that explains a lot more of the issues in the community than the pandemic, than poverty. Then disproportionate or just the war on the or, or this president or that it just the list of excuses is endless when we talk about these things in front of us, outside of us. But what about the things inside of us? I think that focusing on that IQ, that spiritual intelligence, that, that spiritual intelligence quotient would take us a lot further and help us deviate away from these sins as fathers, as parents, and just as overall human beings. So that's my word on that. Thanks for listening. Um, So before I get up out of here, I do want to talk about real quick, the next episode, which I think is going to be pretty, pretty interesting, um, talking about the movie Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Also going to talk about this theory I believe in called the Bones Through the Nose philosophy. Um, but that movie, The Planet of the Apes, I know black people, we don't like to talk about apes and us in the same sentence, but I'm just gonna do it because it's gonna make sense. Well, it makes sense to me, and it's gonna make sense to somebody that's listening. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, you might wanna check that out, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Cause I noticed it didn't get as big of as attention as I feel that it deserves. I think this movie speaks a lot to um,
1: manhood, it
0: speaks a lot a lot to fatherhood, and I think there's a lot of good principles in it. So we're gonna get into that on the next episode. And last but not least, I would like to just offer, um, offer a reading, uh, offer a book um, that I read and reread Uh, often called The Community of Self. It's by Dr. Naeem Akbar. The Community of Self by Dr. Naeem Akbar. It's a really good book, which breaks down just that, the community of self and the different aspects that are within us. And I think for me, it was very helpful reading it It, because it helps me understand the different ideas of myself and kind of helps bring everything together because all of us have these many aspects of ourselves. And when they're not in line, they're not in control, we tend to be able to lose them. So I think that this book is a very good starting point um, for how to kind of acknowledge that community itself and appreciate how we show up or get control of how we show up in our day to day lives. So that's my word. This is Osa. Thank you for tuning in to the Reaching Father podcast. Peace.
1: Shake my head and look around. It's sad, sad. You should know the black dad ain't a bad dad, but it's too many in a crisis like Sudan. Let me be transparent like a Glad bag. I've seen too many men denied. It. Yeah, it's that bad. What do I know? A good dad is all I ever had. And if I didn't, I'd be on with a vengeance to be the best that ever did it. Let that man be with his children. On God, that's something I believe is true. If you keeping a child from a dad, then f you. Every man deserves the right. to